0: Thank you for joining us as we trace our way through the
1: south from our home base in memphis tennessee and explore that intangible sense of place best captured with a southern accent
0: next up a
1: conversation with kit garrett our publication manager and richard vining the need for speed Hello, and today I am joined by Richard Bining, the Executive Director of Edge Motor Museum in the Edge District here in Memphis. Hey, Richard, how are you? Oh, good
0: afternoon. How are you?
1: Great, great. I'm so excited to sit down with you today and talk more about the museum and what y'all do, how y'all started, and... Really hear the story because it's interesting.
0: Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm excited about this and thank you for the opportunity.
1: Absolutely. So, first I kind of wanted to start off with some background on you and how you became interested in cars. I know you have, you know, been interested in it for a long time, and how that interest started and got you to where you are now that's a long journey well, But <laughs> I, no i
0: i've been in memphis almost my whole life I moved here when i was one years old so i didn't have a lot of say so in it but my mom will always say that that she had cars in her purse because rich more than one because richard needed one for each hand and one of my memories was uh long memphians will remember cecil's the grocery store uh he was a neighbor of ours and so we always shopped at the cecil's on quince and she would give me two cars and my favorite thing to do was to put them on the conveyor belt so that when the food yes. was going by, you know, you didn't have scanners back then, and the car, the the road would go underneath them and they would pass each other and go around the squash and all that other stuff. And I think that's when my mom goes, yeah, Richard's going to like cars. Yeah, she's going to like cars. My dad uh, was an engineer who became a computer programmer uh, and started a business here in Memphis. And so... Uh, you combine those those things, and uh, uh, while we had different tastes in cars, that's where I think my enjoyment and appreciation for cars kind of came from. Now, over time, tastes have changed, and I've kind of narrowed my focus on them and things like that, but uh, that's where I think the interest first started just being a little kid and mm-hmm. seeing stuff go down the road, drawing pictures, and always having one for each hand.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, always occupied. Um, yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> it
0: was a management tool by yeah. my mom, for sure. Because <laughs> if there's one in each hand, you're not picking anything else yeah. up. But exactly.
1: Yes. And so then as you, you know, enter the workforce, you worked with your dad, right? I did. I did. And then you worked with a nonprofit. So tell us a little bit about that transition from that job to working with a nonprofit to now with the museum.
0: That's correct. I did. I had opportunities and was in rooms and meetings and things that I never merited, but my dad made sure that I got to be a part of. Probably why I end up on boards and things like that today. <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, he made sure that, that, uh, I, I knew how an office worked. Uh, math was very important because people look and was like, well, you're doing a museum today that has to do with, car- has nothing to do with the bond industry. That was, and I go, actually has a lot to do with it. Uh, the people you run into, uh, the people that you uh, meet along the way as mm-hmm. you talk to them about these cars and letting them know that, hey, they're going to be okay here at this museum. And right. there's some benefits to putting them on loan with this. And and so a lot of the business sense and skills that I picked up uh, uh, from him in the for-profit world mm-hmm. uh, led me to, I guess, 15 years now in the nonprofit world. Wow. Uh, 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 and just understanding the difference between the for-profit and nonprofit dollar. It is it is different. Mm-hmm. Each has uh, its own advantages. Mm-hmm. Uh, each have their disadvantages as well. Uh, but I think having experience in both of those worlds uh, has served this concept in particular really, really well.
1: Mm-hmm. And how would you describe the concept that you have landed on now? You've described it as an evolution, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. From first ideation to where Edge Motor Museum is now. What did that path look like? I,
0: You know, I, I found myself working, in, basically doing family business office work uh, and some estate work. Mm-hmm. And cars are in estates. And it, it, it bothered me to see these cars in estates just sit there for years and years mm-hmm. and fall in disrepair and the family doesn't know what to do with them. And so, you know, in my family's case, when my dad died, he, you know, I knew what to do, Uh, but that's not the case. And uh, and so I was trying to come up with some sort of storage maintenance, Mm -hmm. maybe delivery or something like that uh, for cars. And I couldn't ever make that make financial sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, We could do it, but it just wasn't gonna work on paper. And we just kept working and working and one idea to another. And I thought I had a really good plan and took it to an attorney who basically said, you can't do that.
1: Oh, perfect. And
0: and uh, my good friend, William Martin, I went and, and sat with him afterwards going, I just can't make this work. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know what? He goes, I'm married to an attorney. You just hadn't talked to the right attorney yet. And he goes, you get three of them to tell you no, don't do it. <laughs> but don't just pump this idea yet. Right. Uh, and so we went to uh, another group and they go, you know, I hear what you're trying to do. No, you can't do that. But if there were some ideas, though, he goes, hey, if you did it this way, this, this we can make this work. And so folks go, how did you come up with it? I didn't come up with this idea. No, uh, it, right. it kind of just morphed into this right. uh, over time. And looking back at it, I, go, I wouldn't want it any other way. So it's mm-hmm. interesting as someone who likes to, from start to finish, control how something works. If I had done that, um, we wouldn't be talking about the Edge Motor Museum right now, Right, it wouldn't have happened. So wow. listening to qualified folks and listening to them in a way that doesn't just shut the idea down because they won't do it the way you want to do it, uh, really got things done in this case. Yeah. So good help, good advice.
1: That's always so helpful to have people around you who are like, okay, no, but we're going to work our way to a solution. Well,
0: and they were listening to me too, going, I I hear the spirit behind what you're trying to do. Exactly. Because our mission is preservation through historically based presentation. You know, not just have a bunch of cool props for selfies, although they're great for that too, um, but to educate folks as to why this car is important or why this era is important and mm-hmm. things like that. And hearing that, we were able to come to the idea we have now.
1: Wow. So awesome. And how did you end up being in the Edge District? That has a lot of history, that area, mm-hmm. four cars. You're in a converted 12,000-square-foot auto manufacturing plant on Marshall Ave. Mm-hmm. So how did you land there? Uh,
0: you know, that, that whole neighborhood has a rich automotive history. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that uh, until Me I went either. there. Um, my wife and I like to go uh, run in the morning. It's our time to talk and mm-hmm. things like that. One day we were driving down Union because we were going to go do Big River Crossing when it was relatively new. We still like doing that. We saw these blue flags that Kat Pena did. Uh, she's a local artist mm-hmm. who did and I was like, man, that looks like something. Let's go see that. And I went down there, and we looked, and I was like, hey, okay, this is kind of a cool neighborhood. And when we decided we were going to be a museum, we knew we needed to hitch our wagon to an established product here in Memphis. Uh, Memphis has a lot of tourists. I've, Like I said, I've been here almost my whole life, mm-hmm. and I figured I understood what the tourism industry in Memphis was. Mm. You have no idea. Wow. It's gigantic. Yeah. It, it's, and it's global. I mean, it, 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 we have a map where people put pins on and stuff like that. And it, there's as many outside the U.S. than inside the U.S. It, oh, amazing. It's amazing. So we're looking at, at other attractions here in Memphis, and there's Sun Records at the corner of Union Marshall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's a pretty good neighbor. And I started doing some homework on them, and they were you know, averaging, I think it was 188,000 people a year, or right at 200,000 people a year coming through their doors. And I go, you know, I can capture A percentage of that.
1: Mm. We can run
0: this place. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, And so that was really our decision to go into the Edge District. I didn't know much about it other than you'd hear about it all the time in the Business Journal and things like that. Uh, But I've learned a lot about that neighborhood since I moved there. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, I I can't imagine it being anywhere else. You you might go to other places and have just more pass by foot traffic, Mm -hmm. but the cultural overlap between the cars that we put on display and the rich musical history at Sun Records yeah. is that that's fantastic. And oh, so absolutely. they I could not ask for a better neighbor than the one I got there in Sun. They send us so much business. And I'd like to say we do the same. But yeah. <laughs> generally, someone's in that neighborhood to go see Sun before they are us. But uh, no, they've been fantastic neighbors. And so that part of the business plan works really well.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you mentioned that overlap between the music history here in Memphis Mm -hmm. and the car history. And how would you kind of describe that overlap?
0: Yeah. When you come to Memphis, you're going to eat. We're good at that. Sure. Uh, uh, People go to Graceland. Mm -hmm. They go to Stacks, Soulsville, Civil Rights Museum, Sun Records. All of those feature culture from the 50s and 60s. We feature cars from that same era. Mm And so I really kind of position the museum as a complimentary exhibit to the other cool stuff that you do while you're here in Memphis. Mm-hmm. What also works really well is that Sun's a small space, and a bus may have 52 people on it. Mm-hmm. All right, this, is, this, this was really core to the business plan. Uh, and so half the bus would tour Sun, while the other half pulled out their phones and sucked up Wi-Fi for an hour. Uh, now we flip-flop. And we, we can tailor a tour where half the bus does sun, the other half does us, and then we flip-flop. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, these bus companies are maximizing their itineraries. Mm-hmm. Also, I think a visitor to Memphis didn't just have to sit on the bus for an hour and just thumb on a
1: spot. Right. It just makes that experience that much That sure. much better.
0: And, and uh, uh, I, I think we're a good neighbor that way. But I also like it when someone comes in and goes, look, I'm here because I got an hour to kill but they walk out of here going, okay, that's the coolest thing I've done because it was so unexpected. I learned a bunch, and I really enjoyed it. And maybe maybe the bar wasn't that high when they walked in the door, uh, uh, but when they walk out, they go, okay, that was really, that was really fun. Or you unpack some fold in their mind that was a good memory or even a hard memory. It's good to, to have people revisit those things because of the connections they had with that era of cars.
1: Yeah, I think I, you know, when I haven't thought about it previously, but it's not surprising to think that a majority of people have a significant memory with a car or, you know, around cars in some way. So to unlock that in a way and realize how cool it can be and accessible, you all make it very accessible with, you know, the exhibition and the information, the guided tours, like you do make it accessible. So not you don't have to be a car person to you enjoy the museum.
0: Yeah. And I understand that. I mean, it, if you look at the data, car museums across the country are struggling. They are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just not, I would say the cars will last 20 years. We're not going to have the same nostalgic pull to them as we do this particular era of car. Maybe. Uh, but I don't think so. Yeah. There's just nothing as exciting about my F series pickup as there was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from some of the cars from the fifties uh, uh, and sixties and even early seventies. Um mm-hmm. And so uh, you were talking about the music. A lot of people have, they'll remember not just a song. They'll remember the song in a particular car, riding to school on a date, going to a movie, doing whatever. I just think uh, uh, the music and the song, the music and the cars were a little more part of just uh, our memories than, than maybe they will be now. I don't know. Yeah.
1: No, I think that's a really good point. And as, Memphis's only car museum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a rub and I like it. Yes, uh-huh. yes, yes.
0: Uh-huh. I, I have a I have a goal there to get a letter one day to say, hey, you gotta quit saying that. But we are Memphis's only car museum. There are other car exhibits in town, but they okay. are they are not necessarily car museums. Explain we are Memf- <laughs> that
1: difference for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we focus only on the cars. Yes. We we're a a 501c3 nonprofit auto museum. We don't own these cars. They're generously loaned from folks here, in, by and large, here in Memphis. Mm-hmm. We have a couple cars from uh, other collections in the country, and mm-hmm. uh, several of them are in estates, like we were talking about. We are a car museum. We're not We're not anything else. Um, uh, you know, we do have you know, a radio exhibit, and we do have you know, uh, a tire exhibit. But at no point are we ever going to call ourselves a radio museum or a tire museum. Uh, we are a car museum. And so last I checked, we're the only one in Memphis. Yes. And so (laughs) that, that is going to get us in trouble. We do print it and and, and we put it on things. Uh, and so if it made the right, if it made the right people mad, I'd frame that letter and I'll quit calling us Memphis's (laughs) only car museum. Uh, I think people know what we're talking about. So yeah, yeah. no, no, for sure.
1: (laughs) And you just kind of mentioned it, but with the cars in the museum, they're like you say, not props. And yeah. so you preserve them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what does that process look like for a car that is on loan to you all for whether it's three months or a year? How does that preservation process work when it's actively on display yeah. as well? Yeah, I,
0: it, And this is really core to what drives me about this, this museum. We have to do a lot of research on a car when it comes in and make sure it is just like it was when it was designed and built. Okay, we want these cars to be reflective of the eras that they were designed, built Mm -hmm. and driven, modifying stuff and all. That's really cool. I think it's neat. And there's a whole culture out there of hot rodding and modifying that. I, I respect a lot and the creativity it takes to do that. We do need some original examples. And that's what this museum is about, all original cars. So we do a lot of research and walk around. When someone brings a potential car to us, that's one of the first things we do is confirm its originality then you have to do the most awkward thing ever which is walk around the car and document every little flaw nick scratch oh, wow, ding yeah. that and look these cars if you come and see them it, they're amazing they have almost none of that they're right. so well taken care of but you have to document that to make sure it didn't happen on our watch right, right? and of so course. and you and so here you're you're circling on a on a chart every little imperfection uh-huh. albeit minor on a car, uh, in front of the owner and pointing at, Hey, thanks for loaning us your car. Here's what's wrong with it. You know, and you feel like a world-class jerk, but they get it. Um, they understand. And and we agree upon the condition of the car. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, now, what keeps this car happy? I have my opinions, mm-hmm. our staff who knows these car, they know what to do, but I want to hear it from you. Mm-hmm. In some cases it's, I don't know, take care of my car. Mm-hmm. Other cases it's, you know, every every week pick it up turn the tires fire it trickle charge it get it to 180 degrees send me a video of that what we'll do whatever that car is used to keeping it happy now some owners come and do it on their own and we encourage that i like that kind of involvement yeah uh others just give me a list and say Hey, this is what you need to do to keep this car happy and so we do that um we don't really take them out and drive them around unless the owner specifies it after a certain period of time. But mm-hmm. most of the cars, as little as we'll do is about three months. Most of them are six months to a year and then they'll rotate out. We've had a couple leave and come back and, you know, folks go, Hey, are you restoring them and things? Like, no, these cars are really good when they come in. We'll do some things and work with an owner to help get it right. right. You know, if it's just a couple minor things to get it back to how it was. Uh, but by and large, Memphis has a lot of these cars hidden in garages that you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't suspect. You just wouldn't. Um, You know, someone who's gone to car shows and things like that here in town, uh, a lot of these cars, people had no idea existed here in Memphis.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. That's so cool. And it sounds like when they come in and you're talking with the owners, the cars have their own personalities. You know, what, what they need to be at the level that you want them to be is so different. And that's such a wide range. How do you balance taking care of the car, taking care of the owner, and, you know, still keeping all things on display?
0: Mm-hmm. What is the owner's motivation for putting it with you? In some cases, there you know, there's an insurance benefit. In other cases, maybe there's a, we're trying to donate the car. We can fractionally donate a car because we're a nonprofit and we'll assess the value and they can do that. By and large, folks just like other people to see their car. Mm-hmm. You know, I have this. I want to share it with folks. Okay. And so the branding agency we used, Baby Grand, when mm-hmm. I was telling them what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that they pointed out and you just brought up mm-hmm. was it sounds like you're you're trying to tell a story that the car can't tell on its own. right? And that was one of the driving things. is, And they came up with this, that, that these cars tell stories. Mm-hmm. And they do. Mm-hmm. And so we've got great technology yeah. with – iPads and it's online and photos and build and build photos and advertisements and stats and figures and all that. But nothing beats a volunteer docent who's willing to sit there and just talk about the car right. and, and share his experience or in a lot of cases share the experiences they've heard from visitors through the museum right.
1: Right. and
0: just, and you learn so much.
1: Oh, I'm sure. And and like you were talking about earlier, those visitors who maybe didn't think they were going to a car museum that day yeah. and then leave being like, this was the best thing I did in Memphis. Right.
0: See, that used to like, hurt my feelings to think, okay, I, you look at our world map with all the pins in it. Right. And, you know, I would like to say every one of those pins came to Memphis to see the Edge Motor Museum. That's just, no, it's just not the case. <laughs> right. It's just not. And 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 for a while, I was like, okay, am I going to get my feelings hurt over that? I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. Because I will say every one of those pens, uh, if you go read our reviews, uh, walked out of there going, "Okay, that was awesome. Right, that was great." And maybe we made a car fan. Maybe we made a history fan out of you. Yeah. Maybe we just gave you an appreciation for something that you just ignored in the past. Yeah. Uh, and people left not only entertained but enriched in some way.
1: Right. Right. Wow.
0: And so that's uh, it's kind of a challenge. Yeah. And anytime we hire someone or get a new volunteer, mm-hmm. that's the first thing I just say: go read the reviews. Yeah. And, and, and so you can get inside the mind of a good experience that mm-hmm. someone has uh, mm-hmm. here at the museum. Go go read that because mm-hmm. that's what I want you to aim for. Yeah. And so
1: that's awesome. And tell me a little bit about your team that you have at the museum and your volunteers and the other people you have working on the cars. What does that look like?
0: They find us. They find that. they they find us. Uh, and, and it's generally retired People uh, and college students. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and so there's some, I, I like that structure. And again, it just is working out that way. Uh, I like that structure because you're generationally passing down knowledge that just isn't on Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're passing down uh, uh, not just the information sometimes, but also the why mm-hmm. and how it connects to a lot of the history that surrounds the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you've got. Folks in their twenties and folks no longer yeah. in their twenties. Very different perspective. Uh, and then there's some, there's me in the middle, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, in there. And so generally, it's well. There's been a couple cars we've had uh, that that came with an employee. In other words, here, I, if I'm going to put this car on loan with you, I, I there's someone that competent that can that can take care of it. Got uh, it. Yeah. Uh, I would say our lead, docent, and I've said this before, is Bob Watkins. He's been with us since before we were even a thing. Um, and look. We built a beautiful facility and an amazing museum and had all this technology that goes with it. Nothing beats a really good docent with credibility as well. Mm -hmm. Bob knew everybody in the Memphis car culture. Mm -hmm. And there are folks that I could go up to and say, hey, let me tell you about this great place we built. And now you're going to share your half million dollar car with us. Mm -hmm. Okay, And they're going to like, yeah, and you are wait what? what's your background in interesting huh yeah. uh nothing you've never done a museum before and you want me to loan this perfect card to you. okay uh no thank you <laughs> i wish you well right but then and they would go oh bob works there okay and so he's one he's the guy taking care of the cars yeah. and he was it gave us credibility that we could not buy or build mm. you just can't mm-hmm. and so right out of the gate we had uh uh, experience plus the knowledge he has, um, uh, but we had uh, some credibility there that yeah. made people comfortable loaning their cars to the museum. Today, that's way easier because someone can walk in and see the inventory we have and go, Oh, yeah, my car, this is great. Mm-hmm. But when it was just at the very beginning, it was just me and my buddies mm-hmm. parking our cars in there and mm-hmm. trying to call it a museum. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was hard. And so, until you started having uh docents who add some credibility sure that you know we've only been around 4 years two of those were pretty tough right <laughs> <laughs> so uh the uh, but that that is what that looks like. Just having someone who is connected and is well respected, uh, both in skill and just entertaining as well. Oh, Oh.
1: for sure. No, that adds a ton. And what is the Memphis car community like? Like the ins and outs of that sounds like it's pretty big and people are very involved, but as an outsider, what does that kind of look like I, on the inside?
0: You know, I don't know if you ever heard of Cars and Coffee. Jerry Seinfeld started that, okay? Love, and, yes. and there are four of them here in Memphis. There's one each week. We're the second Saturday of the month. I think we are probably most pure to what that idea first – they're all awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're probably most pure to what that event started out as uh, because we have the most eclectic group of cars show up to ours. You have – magnificent examples that are, you know, live their life on a trailer in a dehumidified box at home and that kind of stuff. And then we've got complete beaters that just show up and people are proud of and want to talk about and learn how to make better. And a lot of that's our geography because we'll have cars from Arkansas, Mississippi, uh, and out east as well come. And so the Memphis car culture is about as diverse as you're going to find. We've got hot rods, we've got, you know, the the, the brand new cars that people Mm -hmm. just customized and, you know, tuned up. And then, You've got your vintage stuff that's, you know, I have a heart for. Yeah. Um, but I've not been to other cities and seen the the wide range of cars mm-hmm. that we have here in Memphis. I mean, you're here, you drive around. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's hard to, to imagine taking, you know, a magnificent 59 Impala down Union, right? It's just that <laughs> it would be, that would be hard. Uh, uh, but there's so much out there that, that people are proud of and like to show off and, um, we just have a bigger range of cars than any other place. I'm saying we probably don't have the biggest high-end car mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. but I would say as far as people being proud of what they have, yeah. uh, because they put themselves into it as opposed to just, hey, I could
1: afford I it. have this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot more of that. You think about Memphis is also just a generous city. People yeah. people share what they have more here than they do in other towns. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think people put themselves into their cars more here than they might mm-hmm. in other places just because, you know, working on these things can be hard. And, yeah. and you know, everything from financial to time to it's frustrations along the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And so uh, I like seeing stuff come out of the woodwork that you have no idea. We had our cars and coffee last week. And the guy emailed me ahead of time going, hey, I got this brand new. It's not perfect yet, but I just got it. Can I bring it? And I was like, of course you can. Yeah. Of course you can. And oh, folks, were, awesome. it was it was almost like an unveiling just because, hey, it's a new car here in Memphis. Yeah. We're excited. So, oh,
1: uh, awesome.
0: yeah, it was.
1: And those stories where people are so invested In what they have, so proud of what they have, and want to share it with the community. I'm way more interested in those than someone being like, "Oh, I got this week ago. I guess it's a cool car." Yeah, Yeah, it's probably a cool car, right? (laughs) Uh,
0: And and, you know that. Hey, (laughs) the world needs those those people too. Hundred percent. We need those people too, and it's fantastic when they bring those cars in town and uh, all that. But uh, you know, the one that that someone uh, has a connection with. Mm whether it's through a parent or themselves or like we were saying, music mm-hmm. or there's a reason behind why they had to have this car. We've got a guy who comes to cars and coffee, uh, almost every single time, uh, where the car was built on his birthday. Oh, yeah, you know, the Venn number and all yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> amazing. It was, it's amazing. And, it was, <laughs> it, and he's got the license plate that, that has it all on there. And, all, and I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. And that's so, awesome. you know, could he have other stuff? Yeah. And does he? Yeah. But that one, that one, Grabs in the most simply because yeah, it's that's my birthday car. You know that,
1: that's incredible. <laughs> I love that. For you personally, mm-hmm. what are your favorite cars? I know that's so broad for you, I'm sure. But what you have on display right now, mm-hmm. what would you say?
0: My favorite car is a '57 Thunderbird. Okay, uh, we've had three on display. The one we currently have on display is in black, which looks fantastic. But I've always said that there's certain lines and curves in a car that get lost in the black paint. And mm. I mean, this one looks cool. But, mm-hmm. and it's, it's my favorite car simply because it's to think that the engineers in 1957 at Ford could figure out what they did with the technology and the materials they had uh, is amazing. You know, here, I tell this a lot. I'm holding up my cell phone right now, and I'm going, okay, we all have this, and it's far more advanced than that Thunderbird ever will be. We also have no idea how this thing works. The smartest among us know how to program it for something, okay? But Thunderbird, the the way the transmission works, the way that the radio, I mean, you didn't even have transistors yet. You had vacuum tubes. And so the performance and the fact that they could figure everything out with vacuum and hydraulics uh, and math
1: Mm -hmm. um, is
0: absolutely amazing to me. And I think those engineers deserve more credit than they get just given what they had to work with. I mean we were we were using you know slide rules and stuff to yeah. figure things out. <laughs> uh and the performance of that car is still relevant today. Right. Uh I mean it is it, it it's a quick car. Uh and uh the design of it is just cool. So, yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. How fast can that car go?
0: People ask what's the fastest thing and I go define fast. There's there's right. lots of fast. There's quarter mile fast, there's just off the line 0 to 60 fast, there's top end fast. Uh, That car does all of them well. I don't know. I'm going to say it's well over 120 miles an hour, though, Okay. which in a two-seater 1957 convertible with lap belts, at best. um,
1: (laughs) At best. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, I
0: wouldn't be the one who figured that out. But I do know this. You know, the tires were little bitty skinny tires back then. Right. If you floor that thing, it will just spin those little tires all day and make the sweetest sound. You've heard. And it is so, so cool. Yeah. So
1: cool. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. It's been so great to hear so much about the museum, so much about what y'all do, and I'm excited to come personally check it all out. Give us your hours you're open and how to come, best way to come.
0: We're open every day. Now, I think we're we're closed uh, Easter Sunday and Christmas, but other than that we are open every day, and everything you find online on Google or whatever in terms of hours mm-hmm. is correct. So, I can tell you what it is. Uh, but if you forget all that, just go online and Perfect. you'll see it's there, but we're open Monday through Friday, ten thirty to five, Saturday, 11 to three, Sunday, 12 to four. And so look, the edge district, we've got our own parking. You park. Come see us. Go see Sun. We've got several restaurants. You know, Chef Tam's is right next door, mm-hmm. and 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 Edge Alley is right down the street. High Cotton Brewery is right there. Yum. I mean, we we can be a miniature vacation uh, uh, from Memphians. Just for sure. Come down here, and you can spend a whole day down here. Absolutely. Um, and when you have guests and things in town, this is something you can come and do. That whole neighborhood, and be really proud that you brought your out of town guests to. Yeah. Uh, we're trying really hard to do. Something really, really. Memphis has a lot of nice things. Mm-hmm. Um, it it makes me feel good when someone walks in. and Goes, this is in Memphis. And I was like, yeah. And guess what? These are Memphis's cars.
1: Mm-hmm. Not just
0: not just one one person. Right. This is this is we have nineteen different owners. Um, almost all of them local, uh, with cars here on it. We've had over forty owners. Uh, since we opened, yeah, I think it was uh, maybe like 48 or something like that. It's mm-hmm. close. Yeah, they have shared their cars with us that also wow. believe in this concept here, and so yeah, uh, it, you can go. Yeah, Memphis has really nice things, uh, and we've proven over the last four years that yeah, we can we can pull that off.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But come, yeah,
0: just uh, when you have folks in, or, or just come yourself, come to a cars and coffee. Yeah, uh, we have a big car show in October. Uh, that's also on the second Saturday, and. Uh, we just hosted last week the National MG. There's 160 MGs from across the country wow. that were just all over the neighborhood and things like that. So uh, it's a really nice addition to uh, a town that's been my home since I was one years old. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your interest. They've been really good questions on all this. Yeah, and so that was fun. Yeah.